1: Notre Dame football returns Saturday night. That means pot of gold extra point returns. My name is Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune sports columnist, Notre Dame football insider, joined as usual by my Notre Dame football insider from the South Bend Tribune. He's working on like three hours of sleep, so he sounds a little groggy. Trust me, he was working until the wee hours last night. He is Carter Carls, fighting a cough, fighting no sleep. But ready to talk about the Fighting Irish. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Might sound—I uh, don't know what I sound like. Patrick Mahomes, or no, not not. It's not like scratchy. It's more. Uh, it's like a deep. It's like I just went through puberty. So <laughs> happy to be here.
1: So Notre Dame beats Florida State forty-two to twenty-six last night, and Carter Carl's goes through puberty. So big from day a, from a boy to a man as the Irish roll 3 and 0 and we always have to include this in our stories and it's, still, it's still it still takes some getting used to but Notre Dame now 3 and 0 on the year and 2 and 0 in the Atlantic Coast conference beating 1 and 3 and 0 and 3 Florida State 42 26 first time back on the football field in 3 weeks for the Irish
0: kind of Went as expected last night, would you say? Um, for the most part. I mean, I don't know if I expected there to be fireworks, but I, I did expect it to be slow. I wh- I think maybe it was the sc- like the margin was what I expected, but the score wasn't what I expected. I expected it to be more like you know 31, 13, Offense starts slow. Um, defense struggles here and there, but 42-26 and however many total yards it was, something like seven hundred or something, maybe higher well, than that. The
1: first half, had, what, the first half had fifty-five points and all, nearly six hundred yards of total offense. Like who we were, I was kind of expecting what we saw last night, but I don't think I was expecting these teams to combine for that many points and that many yards right off the bat the way they did in the first half.
0: Yeah. And certainly a lot of like you saw a lot of up and down play. You saw a lot of uh, miscues with the Lawrence keys, muffed punt, Joe Wilkins dropping a third down pass, Jonathan door missing a field goal, which doesn't happen too often. Um, And then you saw Kyron Williams fumble it um, on, on one of his first carries. So Second uh, play of the game. Second play of the
1: game puts it on the ground. If this was last season, that, was, that would be the end of number 23 the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it, it was probably good for just their morale and their confidence to know that, hey, even when all these things are going bad, hadn't played in 21 days, you could still rely on that offensive line. You still rely on that running game. Even without Liam Eichenberg for a good portion of the game, was battling a crazy eye injury. Uh, Did
1: they they show it on TV? So you were watching on TV. I was in the press box, so I didn't see it it, it, if they had showed it, number one, when it happened, and number two, when he came back. Was it a cut? Was it something where he
0: had to get stitched up? What what, what was the diagnosis on that? It it looked just like bruised. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was weird. It was kind of swollen on the lower part of his eye. And it was like black and blue a little bit, maybe purple. Uh, but I mean, it did not. It did not look good. It Definitely swollen shut, and definitely could not see out of that eye. And he went back in the game and played. I mean, he's an offensive lineman. He don't care. Like nope. he's he's going to keep going. They're like the uh, hockey players of football. So like, <laughs> just, I loved just it.
1: Stitch him up. Stitch him up, put a band aid on it, and throw me back in the game. And if there if there's one guy that's going to do that, number one and number two, one guy you don't want to get angry by get, punch him in the face, it's Liam Kinberg.
0: Oh gosh, I mean, I tweeted uh, happy Halloween because I mean it, it truly like I, I was a little flustered when I saw it on my timeline because I'm like, man, this is disgusting. Uh, but yeah, I mean. They were able to run effectively when he was out of the game, when he was in the game, when things weren't going well, when, you know, the Kyron Williams fumble happens, when Florida State scores. They were able to always go back to the running game, had Mm -hmm. over 350 rushing yards. Huge day for the ground game. Uh, Continues to be an impressive performance from Kyron Williams. Chris Tyree did really well, too. Really just what stood out to me with them was their patience and their quick cuts I think that 's what makes them so effective uh, in these kind of zone looks and they fall forward, which is is a huge thing as well but yeah other than that i mean what was what was kind of the big takeaway from you tom
1: again it 's the offensive line like i, I think I think we, we we tend to dwell on them maybe a little too much during the week saying. They're the most. They're the the highest-rated offensive line from Pro Football Focus or whatever. Best line in the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Moore Award candidate. Yeah, but but Saturday night we saw it to the point where, on the Kyron Williams 65-yard touchdown run or 65-yard run, and then the the, the Chris Tyree touchdown run, the minute, almost from the minute the ball was snapped upstairs in the press box, so high up uh, over the field you could just see the hole open up like that's that's it reminded me of a couple years ago when Josh Adams where where we used to joke the, the Notre Dame football game wasn't official until Josh Adams broke like a 30 40 50 yard run and then it would happen because he was running behind such a good offensive line that's what we saw last night where the minute Kyron Williams gets that ball you know he's going for a big gainer and then same thing with Chris Tyree where that hole opened up. Oh, it was almost to the, the, the minute that Ian Book handed off the ball to Chris Tyree, You're like, yeah, he's in the end zone. And then there you go. So we saw the speed. We saw the power. We saw the offensive line. Like you said, 353 yards rushing. When you're gaining 8.4 yards a carry, you're going to run for a lot of yards. You're going to score a lot. And you're going to win a lot of football games. And that's what Notre Dame did last
0: night. Hey, here's kind of the big question that I think will follow Notre Dame this season. Last year, the running game was suspect at times, especially in short yarded situations. Especially when it came to explosion, explosive plays—you know, plays that were backbreaking for defenses—and all that good stuff. And we have seen that so far from Notre Dame. When it's a short yarded situation, it's easy for them to get the game. When they need an explosive play, they can get it through the running game. But The big question is is it more the running game or the bad competition? And what will it look like against the Clemsons of the world? From what you think, I mean, do you think this is a little bit of both where it's like, hey, this is, this is a different running game. These are different running backs. This is a different scheme. This is an improved offensive line. Uh, or is it, hey, this is Florida State, and they are awful at defending the run, at defense, uh, and they have not played well defensively all year. Tackling. Well tackling.
1: playing. So where do we everything. stand on that?
0: Where do we stand?
1: I think it's still too early because, again, it's, it's been such a staggered start-stop, start-stop situation to this season where I don't know how good this Notre Dame football team is. Like, like yesterday, it, they, at times they look like they were the number five team in the country. And at times they look like a team that almost that hadn't played in almost a month. Like like both those statements could be true. I don't know if how, what we're going to know about this team until you can you can string together this week's game, then next week's game. It's Louisville, then Pittsburgh, then Georgia Tech. I think after Georgia Tech, then we'll then we'll be like, okay, now now we see what this offensive line truly is. I think I think they have a couple of really good running backs and Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, like Jamar uh, Jafar Armstrong. He's the number was supposed to be the number one running back coming into the season. Jafar Armstrong doesn't even get a carry last night. Like yeah. that's, I think that's that ship has sailed as far as Jafar Armstrong is concerned. SIBO Flemister he gets one carry I think on the sixth series of the game, picks up two yards. So moving forward, it's Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree and a really good offensive line. Like that offensive line should be good. It returns all five starters. They're a veteran group. They're an experienced group. But, again, the, the, everything that this team does moving forward, everything this thing, team has done from, from to this point, it's all pointing to one game, isn't it? It's one game. Yeah. That really matters. Like, like we talked we, – we got six minutes through this podcast before or two games.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we, got, we got six minutes through the, this podcast before the Clemson word came up. Like, everybody's yeah. going to be like, oh, that's, that's great. You do this against Florida State. But can you do it against Clemson? Can you do it against – oh, that's great. You did it against Pittsburgh. But can you do it against Clemson? So, I get it. But yeah. after what this, pro- this program's been through, like, like you did something uh, for, for today on Indy Insider with, J- with, uh, with Javon McKinley. And Javon McKinley was talking last night, like, when this whole coronavirus stuff happened, canceling the Wake Forest game – No practice, no conditioning, no nothing. Javon McKinley admitted, he said, man, I I thought our season was done. So I I think for 17-, 18-, 19-year-old kids, that's a lot to deal with on top of, oh, yeah, we got to go play a football game on national TV.
0: Yeah, it's the old cliche, got to handle it week by week, right? I mean, Clemson game, there's still a lot to be – a lot to happen from now until then, COVID-wise, team-wise, everything like that. Mm-hmm. I just think until then, everything for the most part for this offense comes a little bit with an asterisk just because of the the weak competition. And you, you look back last year, Ian Book's last, last several games since the Michigan loss was pretty much against all bad defenses. So you're looking at maybe 10 to 15 games in a row against bad defenses here for this offense. So I think you're going to have a stark contrast there when you go from a team like Louisville to a team like Clemson. But mm-hmm. uh, and, and I also think, you know, your running game can't be the only good thing that you do, especially when you're playing from behind. Against Clemson, they might be down a couple scores. Uh, against North Carolina's got a great offense, Might be might be down at some point. And schematically, someone can load the box against you. We saw Florida State get a little creative last night uh, in the second half when they wanted to stop the run. So Ian Book's also going to have to do his part too. And I think the encouraging thing from last night was it seemed like he took a step forward. It seemed like, hey, you know, he had a couple misses deep, but he also had a couple great passes deep. Javon McKinley had a 36-yard catch, 38-yard catch. Yeah, Book completed, I believe, six or seven passes beyond 13 yards. So ultimately, I think this was a step forward for the offense because they proved that not only could they handle adversity, get through it. They lose their best offensive lineman for a good stretch, and they got through it and played well. But Ian Book also played well, played his best football of the year, was making some of the best throws to year. I think that one 36-yard throw, I believe, uh, to Javon McKinley might have been his best throw of the year. Mm-hmm. And stretching the field, being diverse, being multiple, that's the key for this offense going forward. And they took a step forward in that area yesterday.
1: And stretching the field, you have to at least attempt it. That, I mean, that's what I liked seeing last night was he looked for Javon McKinley down, down the field. He looked for Kevin, Kevin Austin, I think, got one pass thrown to him. Like yep. Brian Kelly was saying, oh, Kevin Austin is going to play 15, 20 snaps. Everybody's thinking this game was going to be a blowout to the point where they can get Kevin Austin more involved in the second half. That never happened, which is okay. Like there's still time for Kevin Austin against Louisville, against Pittsburgh, against Georgia Tech. There's time to still in- incorporate Kevin Austin into this offense, but to keep those defenses that they're going to see next month, Clemson, North Carolina. To keep them honest, they're going to have to take more shots like that down the field and continue to kind of spread it around. Like like all we talked about earlier in the year was Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble this, Tommy Tremble that. Look at what Tommy Tremble's doing. He had one catch for six yards last night. So it's, it's, different, it's different guys at different times that's going to keep this offense evolving, but it comes back to no matter what they do, they've just got difference makers in the running back spot where – they never they they they've seldom had guys like that in Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, and the, the way those guys get more experience, the way those guys evolve, that's going to help Ian Book be more diverse. I, I you know I, I, I don't I don't know what the word is because Ian Book sixteen to twenty five for two hundred and one yards and two touchdowns, good game. I I think that's that's just basically that's that's who Ian Book is going to be moving forward, like. If if people think Ian Books all of a sudden going to turn, turn into a different version of Trevor Lawrence, that's not happening. It's just not going to yeah. happen.
0: Well, and I think the good news for Notre Dame is he doesn't have to be Trevor Lawrence because, you know, I mean, it didn't show it yesterday, but they've got a good defense and they've got an elite offensive line and they've got an elite running game. And when you have all of those components. You don't have to be Superman. You can be a game manager. You know, you can be A.J. McCarran and get away with that. Uh, maybe not against Clemson, but every other opponent they play this year, he does not have to be Superman. And, you know, I think the good news is this offense should progressively get better as the year goes on. Soon Kevin Austin will be full tilt. Vince Karanek, we didn't really see much of him at all, but he will presumably get, you know, more involved. Braden Lindsay, you're starting to see him get his confidence and get a lot more involved in the offense. Uh, and, you know, it was going to take a little bit for Ian Book to, to find chemistry with these guys because it was a com- pretty much a completely new cast of wide receivers and tight ends this year. So it was going to take a little bit. And I think you had the layoff and, and the fact that Ian Book like, looked as sharp as he did despite that layoff was a good sign and, and should – be an indicator that, Hey, this should be a progression thing. It should get better every week. We saw that after the Michigan game last year, where it seemed like he was getting better every week, starting with the Virginia tech game uh, and ending with Iowa state. So I think the hope would be that, Hey, there's time for Ian book to evolve for these wide receivers to get active. And the hope would be, Hey, by November, Kevin Austin is a 100 yard receiver, a game kind of guy. And Braden Lindsay is, is blowing past defenses and uh, Tommy Trimble, Michael Mayer, those guys are, are involved in the offense uh, like they are continually. And, and the running game is continuing to look elite. I think that's kind of the the hope the the aspiration for this offense. I think it's attainable. I mean, they have a schedule where it it should be favorable for them. So it's really a chemistry thing and, and Ian book being confident, I think. It's
1: funny you keep saying by by the time November rolls around. When November rolls around, by the time November is three weeks away, and I think yeah. it, because this season has been so herky jerky and inconsistent, we we kind of forget that we're sitting here three weeks away from November already. Like it's 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 October eleventh, but it feels like it's still early September, late August, just because of the way this whole season's gone to where you you can't really get. You can't get a really good read on this team. I know they're fifth in the country, and they're three zero, and they beat Duke, and they beat USF, and they beat Florida State—a bad Florida State team. But it's it's just something where it, it, they just haven't they just haven't found their rhythm yet, and I think that'll come here the rest of the month as they play these teams moving forward in Louisville, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech. Is there another game in there thrown in? There? No, is there? those three those three those three teams.
0: Yeah, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech and then I believe Clemson. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard remembering the schedule at this point. I am looking at Twitter earlier and they're just looking at the NFL. I'm glad we don't cover that because <laughs> they move those games easily. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, we're just going to play on Tuesday now. And I'm like, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, uh, you you got a bye week? Or no, you know, this is this will be your bye week and then next week you're going to play a game. Like it's it's crazy the way they, they have to juggle all that stuff and and hopefully fingers crossed, hopefully we're done with the whole coronavirus situation as far as Notre Dame concerned. Like they had that one scare, that's it. Father Jenkins test positive at the White House. Hopefully that's behind them and they can move forward and kind of just get some rhythm to this season. Like it's it's just there's there's been no rhythm to this and and that's why. Saturday was going to be a struggle at times, and Notre Dame too experienced, too talented, too focused to kind of fall into that trap and let this thing go sideways that it possibly could have on Saturday, not against Florida State because Florida State's – well, I said it it in the pregame or my my pregame column on Saturday. I'll say it again on Sunday. Florida State just stinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I will give one guy credit. Jordan Travis, Florida State's quarterback – you know, he, he kind of hurt his hand at the end. He had a couple passes sail well, way, way away from his target at the end there. But I thought he I thought he battled well. Got over 100 rushing yards. Made a couple plays on third down. For a guy making his first start, I think Florida State has something to build around. And and Notre Dame had it their hands full with them at times, uh, especially in defending the run. Uh, and, and I think that's what we'll turn to here. The defense, you know, I thought it was, it was a struggle at times. Uh, you saw the DBs sh- struggle. You saw the linebackers struggle. So um, I thought it was a great performance from Jeremiah Koromoa. I mean, that guy can <laughs> really lay the hammer on some guys. Felt like I got a concussion watching some of his tackles. Uh, but overall, uh, the tackling needs to be better. The, you know, filling gaps in the running game needs to be better. And, and certain coverages needs to be better. You know, some guys were biting on double moves, things of that nature. So uh, definitely a lot to clean up defensively. But, again, kind of expected it, there to be some rustiness, tackling, things like that. When, when, when a lot of these guys or, or some of those guys haven't practiced or tackled much in the last few weeks, some of that's a little bit expected.
1: Yeah, and Brian Kelly knew that that was going to happen. He, he even meant, uh, mentioned after the game that I think his team was just kind of tired trying to get to Saturday, trying to get themselves back into shape defensively. A lot of what we saw against Florida State on Saturday, we saw against Duke where they had trouble tackling. They had trouble chasing that. They had trouble in their gap. They had trouble with their assignments. It's just something where I think when you're at, you are you have that su- such a long layoff the way Notre Dame did, It's easier to find a rhythm offensively because you're just running you're out there running plays like Mm -hmm. let's run this play, let's run run this run game or this, let's run this pass pattern. Defensively, the only way you can really get into a rhythm is is to go and tackle guys. And other than that scrimmage that they had at Notre Dame Stadium a week ago today, they weren't they didn't do any of that for three weeks. So defensively, they were gonna show some rust. Florida State like as as much as I bang on Florida State and say they stink and they're this and they're that they do have athleticism they do have athletes they do have some speed that caused Notre Dame some trouble at times uh, on Saturday but they're just too good of a team not to be able to work through some of the issues that they had to work through on Saturday night against that squad
0: again i don't know if i'm overly concerned about it like defensive coordinator Clark Lee has proven that he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Uh, on the schedule, there's not a lot of concerns there. It's not like they're just a bunch of high-powered offenses. I think North Carolina, Clemson, those, those are, again, the two big ones. Right. But outside of that, I mean, I don't know if there's really that many offenses that scare me. Next week, I believe Louisville's still without their starting quarterback. Juwan Pass uh, – or, or, sorry, not Jawan Pass, Malik Cunningham. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't know if there's a ton of concern there. I think that was just kind of a mirage. Um, I, th- I just think the big next step for this team is Ian Book. That- that's really what it is. Um, it all
1: comes down to Ian Book. I, I, mean, I, to- I totally disagree.
0: You, like, like, I'll let and, you I'll the, like and the me. receivers. And the receivers. Yeah. And, I- I'm just I- – okay, let me rephrase. It comes down to stretching a defense, big plays, when it matters. When you're down 14, you can't necessarily be running the ball. How are you going to bow back from that? When, you know, the running game's not working because they're loading the box, what can you do? Can you trust your receiver that, you know, is only getting to catch a game? Can you trust this guy? Uh, Joe Wilkins, can he make that third down catch for you when you need it? That, no. that's, that's the important thing, I think, because I think at the end of the day, the defense is going to get their act together. The offensive line's elite. The running game is elite. The tight ends are elite. It's the wide receivers. It's the quarterback. I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty simple. Uh, and I think there's reason to believe there will be a progression there. So it's not like it's of the world. I just think that's kind of the next step, the next level for this team.
1: Braden Lindsey, three catches for a touchdown last night, but he's got tight end numbers, like three catches for 29 yards for a guy like Braden Lindsey. I want to see Braden Lindsey have like four catches for 106 yards. Like that, that's, those are the type of numbers we need to see from guys like Lindsey moving forward as, as November nears three for 29. Yeah, that's okay. But that's more of a tight end running back number. You, you've got it. You've got to have, you've got to ha- get him more involved. You've got to get, Kevin Austin going, and then still continue to work guys like, like Michael Mayer and, and even more Tommy Tremble into that offense, and then they'll be okay. I
0: mean, you ask anyone on this team, and they will tell you that Kevin Austin is special. They will tell you he's the number one receiver. They will tell you that he can do anything. He can you know, pat, catch a pass in traffic. He can go deep. He can be a possession receiver. He can do just about anything, uh, and I think he is going to be someone who is pivotal to this offense getting to that next level. I think he is a guy who, even if he's not necessarily productive, even if he's not getting a hundred yards every game, he's going to have to change what a defensive coordinator is doing. He's going to draw double coverages in certain instances, and that's going to open up the whole passing game a lot more. So, I think it will be great to see. Kevin Austin, take that next step. We saw a little bit of involvement there. And I think with his injury, you have to be a little bit careful because that's an injury that could get re-injured. Um, but I think, hey, it's, it'll be a progression thing. Maybe he gets 10 to 15 snaps, 15, 20 snaps against Florida State. Maybe next week that goes up to 30. Then he goes to 50 or maybe it's just in terms of involvement that that is different. Maybe he gets five targets next game, and then the game after that's ten targets. I think by the end of the season, I would like Kevin Austin to be a guy that's getting eight to ten targets a game, that's getting looks deep, and is getting looks in the short passing game because I think he's that type of receiver when, when you just talk to people around the program. And so if he becomes that, I think that will unlock a new dimension to this offense and a guy like Braden Lindsay can have those games because, you know, then you have to put all your focus on, on Kevin Austin. And then, you know, Braden Lindsay can beat a guy on a double move deep and have a, a few big plays per game. And because that focus is is somewhere else. So I think that's kind of the key to not only unlock something new in this offense, but, for other players like Brayden Lindsey.
1: And as far as Ian Book, the guy's 23-3 and 3 as a starter. I, I think people still try to pigeonhole him into being something that he's not. Like we mentioned earlier, n- not a Trevor Lawrence clone. But yeah. I just don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be, instead of going 16-25, to 25, he's going to go 32-45. of 45. For 460 yards and four touchdowns, I just I just don't yeah. think that he's that type of a quarterback. But like Brian Kelly said last week, the guy's just a winner. It's hard to argue with 23 and three as they move forward, regardless of what kind of weapons who's who who they have who he has as far as weapons. Whether it's Kevin Austin's uh, more Braden Lindsey, more Tommy Tremble, those guys are going to improve. But I think Ian Book's still going to be Ian Book. It's not going to. It's not going to please a good portion of the fan base thinking or believing, oh, he's got to be this or he's got to be that. Or how come he's – he's not a first-round NFL guy. He's not an NFL – he may not be an NFL quarterback. Right now, he's a really good college quarterback. Let's embrace that because I tell you, we get to this point next year, people are going to be like, you know what? We didn't know what we really had in Ian (laughs) book until he's gone. Because who knows what the quarterback situation in Notre Dame is going to be when we're sitting here on October 11, 2021.
0: He tied Tommy Reese, or not John, Tommy Reese, Jimmy Clausen, number three all-time, career yep. touchdown passes with 60, number seven all-time, tied for wins from a quarterback, Notre Dame history. The guy's a winner, and the guy is going to end up with a lot of records. I understand some of the complaints. Look, he hasn't beaten an elite defense in his <laughs> career. He just hasn't. And pushing the ball down the field, the pocket presence, a lot of things, uh, making quick decisions can be an issue for him. So, I mean, he doesn't even have to connect with all of his deep balls downfield. We saw it yesterday he overthrew Kevin Austin, he overthrew Tommy Trimble in the end zone, but he also connected with Javon McKinley on two deep passes. He doesn't have to be perfect downfield, he doesn't have to be Trevor Lawrence. But just being willing to attempt that. I think in the South Florida game, uh, maybe it was the Duke game where he didn't attempt any pass beyond 15 yards, I believe, maybe 20 yards. Now he is doing that. Now he is confident. He's built that up. I think it, it took a while for him to really feel confident in himself, and I don't blame him at all for that. I think just as long as he just attempts it about five, six times a game, taking that deep shot, it will keep your defenses honest, and it it will it will keep the offense open. Things like the running game and things like the short and intermediate passing game. So yeah, I mean, w- when I bring that up, it's it's not it's not a knock on him. It's not a oh, unless they completely open it up and he's Trevor Lawrence, they're not going to win. They're just no. not going to beat Clemson. No, that's not going to no. Let's see, no, it, it's just hey. Let's see a few of them are a game, and don't be afraid to try deep. And I think yesterday was a good sign with that.
1: And not only is it, I think it's just an evolution of what this offense can be under Tommy Reese. Like that, that's as good as this offense has looked all season. Last night against Florida State, where he's able to 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 kind of take a few more shots and open up the playbook a little bit more. And I think as they move forward, they'll be able to do more and more and more to where they get to those games in November. This offense is going to look a lot different then than what it did the first three weeks of this season.
0: He he is set up to, to do just what we're talking about because this running game has been so effective. When you're getting nine yards of carry, <laughs> when you're getting these holes – and, again, I can't speak enough about Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. They, they could go – they could go, they could house it on any play because of their speed and because of their elusiveness. They're extremely hard to bring down. We always talk about Chris Tyree's speed. I think the big thing with him and Kyron Williams is their elusiveness because, you know, when you have those big holes and you're relying on one guy on one angle – that uh, may not be the best angle, they can evade that guy. They need a multiple guys to bring them down sometimes, so you're going to have a lot of explosive plays. And so you're going to see defenses sell out against the run, load the box. You're going to see uh, guys do things schematically, run blitzes that you know are, are done to stop the run, and that plays right into Ian Book's hands. Then he can be aggressive. You know what Florida State head coach Mike Norvell said last night is they said they got aggressive with that they they were man to man coverage most of the time, and you saw Ian Book take advantage of that, taking shots deep. So Ian Book taking what the defense gives to him. Um, I'm sure if if the defense was uh, selling out against the pass, then Notre Dame may have thrown it ten times last night. So. I think that's kind of what the offense is going to look to do. Um, just kind of give what the matchups given them, and uh, and I I think they took advantage of that.
1: So we spent a lot of time today on the offense. Defensively, yeah, like we we said, they were okay. Defensively, they were going there was going to be some struggle last night, and we saw that. J- Jeremiah Wusu Kormo, we know what he could do. Kyle Hamilton back in the lineup with eight tackles, but then other than that, it's just let's see let's see this defense after Saturday's game let's see them play against Louisville the way they played against South Florida and shutting them out then it'll be like all right now that Notre Dame defense is back Notre Dame offense is rolling here we go express train to November you know what against you know who
0: I think my biggest concern with the defense might be the secondary you know Sean Crawford at his first had the first interception by Notre Dame's defense of the year, which is kind of surprising. Uh, you would hope that there would there'd be a little bit more of that. Um, but just, you know, you see them get beat. You see them struggle to tackle. I think uh, I'm just not sold at the safety position beyond Kyle Hamilton. You have Houston Griffith in there, DJ Brown there. I still think they're getting acclimated uh, to those increased roles. Then a cornerback, you know, Sean Crawford, he's not going to be the long-term guy there at cornerback. Probably going to move back to safety. Brian Kelly said there were some guys uh, out uh, for, uh, for quite a while, so they were trying to uh, involve him because of that lack of depth. Um, I still think their best cornerback is Nick McLeod. Uh, I, I, I like what I've seen from him this year. I'd like to see him finish plays a little bit better. It kind of reminds me of Troy Pride a little bit, where. He's always right there, but he's not quite getting his hands on the football or breaking up the play. Uh, so I like Nick McLeod. And then the other position, I think if Tariq Br- Bracey plays a little bit better or maybe you put Clarence Lewis in there. But I think at times it's just, it's been a struggle for these cornerbacks and for these uh, – not Kyle Hamilton, but the other safety <laughs> when it comes to tackling. Uh, I thought Sean Crawford had a rough – couple first couple games when it came to yeah. tackling. Then you saw him line up a cornerback, and he got terribly beat on a double move uh, for a touchdown. So, like, I think there are things here and there where, hey, the competition's not that great, so there shouldn't be this many mistakes. And when you play North Carolina, who put up, you know, 400 points yesterday, <laughs> what's that going to look like? Well, who? what about when Sean Crawford at 5'9 has to cover a six Three wide receiver what's that going to look like so that's that's kind of a concern to me um this secondary I think the linebacker position has mostly figured out what it's doing uh defensive line is as good as ever so really to me it's the secondary
1: and the question of what that's going to look like let's just be glad that we're able to ask that question and eventually answer it because after the last couple of weeks, who knew what direction this season was going? Let's just let's just hope we can get to Black Friday down in Chapel Hill. Let's hope we can get to no, early November in Notre Dame Stadium against Clemson, and this season just keeps to keeps moving forward instead of all these stops and starts.
0: Have you ever told yourself I can't wait for the Notre Dame Wake Forest game <laughs> because that would mean hey, the whole season has been played or or it's been played enough to where that game can still happen. And then the ACC championship will be the next week, December 19th.
1: It'll be, yeah. I can't wait till the, for December 19th. Are we going to Charlotte? Is, is Noreen going to be in Charlotte playing yeah. Clemson? Stay, tuned. Stay well, tuned.
0: That would be uh, kind of funny if they just stayed there the whole week. <laughs> Beat Wake Forest, said, all right, we're, we're not packing our bags. Or, or they say, hey, we're – we're packing uh, two weeks' pairs of clothes because we're going to be here for two weeks. That would be kind of funny.
1: Confident group. Yeah. All right. So that's it with Florida State. Not a, lot of talk, lot, not a lot to talk about, really. 42-26. Notre Dame wins. They're back playing football, back in a rhythm. We will be back a week from today to discuss the Louisville Cardinals on more sleep instead of this four hours of sleep a night. Go back, take a nap this afternoon, my man.
0: Oh, I'm taking a nap right after this.
1: (laughs) Get it posted first. Yes, sir. All right. That's it. Pot of gold, extra point. Carter Carls, Tom
0: Noy. We'll see you next week. Talking Notre Dame, Louisville. Have a good week.